Good morning and welcome to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. Today we're going to be talking with Michael Carton, who you may remember from prior shows. He's the founder of a company called Joyous and is on the line from Dublin by way of Iceland, and we thought he'd be in New Zealand today. So this is our this is our first chance to talk with a real global traveler. Morning, Michael. Hey, morning to you, John. So you must be just racking up the frequent flyer miles. <laughs> well, I, I, I went to Iceland for a holiday, right? So um, it was it was a, a nice vacation, and it's the middle of summer in New Zealand at the moment. It was oh gosh, it was properly cold in Iceland. I can tell you that. So what prompts you to go to Iceland in the cold? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think this is just one of those decisions you, know, you make sometimes. It's like I was sitting looking for somewhere to take take my kids um, for for New Year's Eve, and um and my daughter doesn't like crowds, and and Iceland um, is is not known known for its crowds. <laughs> so, so right. I, I think at, at some point in the middle of the year at about 11 p.m. while while searching the web, I, I discovered um, New Year's in, in, in Reykjavik. I think I've pronounced that wrong. I've probably seen it a whole lot of Icelanders, but um, so we decided to go to Reykjavik for New Year's. Fantastic. So why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how you got here. What's, what's your history in this space? Sure. Look, I guess that um, uh, yeah, my, my history in this space goes right back to the beginning of, of, of software as a service, right? So in uh, 2006, you know, I founded a company called Sonar6. Um, and that was uh, yeah, the performance performance management space. Um, yeah, one of the early HR cloud companies, I guess. And that was acquired, gosh, right back in 2012 now by Cornerstone on Demand, where I, where I spent a couple of very very interesting years as well. So I, I guess I, I spent time in the very you know, the very um, early stage startup end of the space at, at, at Sonar Six, and then you know, a couple of years in uh, you know, Cornerstone, which is obviously you know, at, at that point becoming you know, one of the major players in, in the space. And after leaving Cornerstone, I spent Few years doing this and that, really just being involved in, in different tech tech startups, some in the consumer tech space. Yeah, more recently, um, Ask Nicely, which is you know, a, a net promoter score software as a service business in Portland, um, and, and a few other things. And, and eventually, um, you know, we, we decided we wanted to do something new. And gosh, probably three years ago now, started started researching the space again and looking at where we could, where we could build something. And eventually, um, launched Joyous a little over a year ago now. Yeah, and Joyous is, is very firmly at the employee feed, looking at how we do employee feedback, yeah, particularly at scale, uh, particularly for large employers of, of non-office-based staff. And I think that was one of the big, the big challenges that excited us too, right, was this idea that so much of the HR tech stack has been built, you know, for people that work in offices by people that work in offices. And if you actually look at employees, employees you know, workers out there, you know, the majority of workers actually don't work in offices. They, they work in, in, in retail and, and, and hospitality and construction and you know, mobile workforces, all those sorts of things. And we felt that, that, that maybe those workforces have been a little bit missed by, um, you know, by, by HR tech. And so that's, that's space we're in. And of course, you know, employee feedback is, you know, feedback is a new killer app, isn't it? Um, that's 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 where where I am and how I got there. Really interesting. So talk a little bit more about Joyous. It's an employee feedback. It's a mobile first conversation. You sort of mine for the feedback, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. So I guess you know, the nature of employee feedback is is you know, firstly you need to stimulate feedback somehow. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's not enough just to send out a 
a questionnaire every now and then to say, you know, how are you feeling about working here? You actually have to kind of stimulate feedback. And so, so we, we built a, a conversational user interface. Um, and that's very, very much the idea was to do something which just, just stimulated conversation rather than, than you know, just ask people to fill in a questionnaire. And so we, we send out, I guess, what we call conversation starters and they go out via um, you know, lots of different methods, you know, maybe via email or via SMS or, or um, Slack or something like that. And basically that stimulates employees to, to give feedback. And, it's, and you know, like you mentioned, it's conversational. So it just feels like having a, a dialogue uh, you know, where you're asked a question, you, you give a response, and then you know, it's a, a left-right dialogue as if you're using WhatsApp or, or iMessage or something that is familiar to all workers. And of course, it's a modern interface. So if I, I, I might say to someone, you know, what, what, what work are you proud of that you've done? And if they work in construction, what they'll do is they'll go, oh, I'm proud of the work I've done on this building. And they might take some photos of it. We, we see that sort of behavior all the time. And, um, and so that stimulates the feedback. And then what we do is we take that feedback and we do two things with it. The first thing we do is we you know, create a live feed of feedback for for line managers and 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 senior leaders and so on. So you can see, you know, as feedback gets stimulated, it kind of comes into your you know your your um your deck for for one of you know, into your feed for one of a way to describe it, and then you can respond immediately to that feedback. And um, and we yeah you know, we do anonymous feedback, but we're very big on the idea of attributable feedback, the idea that you actually create some kind of actionable feedback by letting people you know have a voice and, and attach themselves to that feedback. And so that's 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 the first piece, and then um, yeah, we also take that feedback and we extract the themes out of it. We um you know and we give you know, create insights for for the organisation. You know, particularly useful for HR, but you know also useful for senior leaders. And and we do a lot of work too because we're very big on working with large employers, and you know, the the sheer the sheer amount of feedback actually then has to be dealt with in a way that, that you know, extracts those you, you know, the useful information out of it. So um, yeah, I, I guess that at the simplest level we're we are, we're live employee feedback. You know, at the at the at the more more complex end of the scale that just turns us into a into a um, you know a, a product that is very, very much focused on actually extracting insights out of a whole lot of feedback. Um, so yeah, we, we we do we do both ends of it. Yeah, the, the interesting thing too, actually, we, we've found uh, John as well as in those large employers of, of non-office based staff, you'd be surprised at at um yeah, you know, I guess if you're if you're used to dealing with large you know, with office based staff, you kind of have this idea that it's easy to contact them all. So if if I have a question, I can kind of email people in my organisation. You'd be really surprised if you take a you know, a, a, a supermarket as a for instance, um, you know, so a large retailer. Often you'll find that the CEO has the ability to, you know, maybe the employer employs, let's say they're just a small size chain, you know, 50 stores or something, and they employ maybe 15,000 people. You'll typically find that, that the CEO can communicate with about 2,000 of those 15,000 people. The other people are in, you know, on the checkout or working in the butchery or any of those sort of things. They don't have an email address. They don't have you know, all of the sort of normal things we associate with. So a lot of what we handle too is just actually allowing allowing uh, you know, feedback to be gathered from people who are not otherwise you know, connected to, to the corporate systems in inverted commas. So, so you have this sort of feedback aggregation machine and it synthesizes all the stuff that comes back and you provide some sort of summary level insights to people. How do you know, how do you know that the machine has summarized it correctly? Yeah, so, so yeah, this, is, this is one of the big things, right? So we're, we, we do a combination of, 
of utilising you know, machine learning to try and identify consistent themes and so on. But also we do a lot of a lot of work too just on on allowing users to have input into that. And so this is this is a you know, this is the kind of hybrid model which we we espouse, which is that you know a pure kind of you know, machine intelligence approach is often hard to make make work and often misses things. And so what we do is we you know, if you have a team of six or seven people, right, you'll get feedback from that team and you can see all of that feedback and you can kind of respond to all of that feedback and that's easy to do, right? Um, you might look at some of that feedback and go, hey, this is interesting. It just mark it as being interesting. Just star it as being interesting. Now, if I'm, if I'm the manager of that manager, you know, I'm seeing the feedback that you're seeing Plus, I'm seeing the feedback from from all of the other teams that I have. So instead of having six or seven people now, maybe I'm looking at seventy or eighty people or something. Um, but then, as I go through that, I can sort of see well what people are interested in in, in the layer of direct you know, line management. And I might say, oh, this stuff's kind of interesting, and I might put some of my input into that and kind of get involved in some of those conversations. And now, um, our machine looks at all of that, and you know, as stuff moves, I guess. Um, you know, up, up the organisation, or it moves, um, it moves um, uh, around the organisation and through all different kind of different kind of relationships that exist within the organisation. We kind of pick up what seems to be getting the most interest and the most relevance, and then we utilise that along with our senior extraction and other bits to go to the point where you know, if you're if you're sitting there trying to understand what's happening in your organisation, you're the I know the HR director of 15,000 people, then you have some kind of summary which is based actually on the input and interaction of all of the managers that sit in the organization rather than just the machine. So I, I get that. You're talking about how it rolls up. Um, what, how, what do you do when one of, the, let, let's, one of the first level managers gets an aggregate response and it's at odds with the next level? What sort of what sort of reporting do you do when something doesn't fit the roll up? Because that means that that manager has a different problem set, um, and it's possible that it's a really important difference. Yeah. How do you feed that? Yeah. How do you feed that back? Well, I mean, look, that's a, that's a, that's a certainly a good point, right? So, what what you actually find is that when you when you're trying to get feedback that's actionable. The, the aggregation of feedback is actually not useful, right? So and this, this is going to kind of sound a very contrary argument. But, but the interesting thing is, is that, that oftentimes, as soon as you aggregate stuff, you actually, you actually lose the actionability of it. Um, so yeah, at the very simplest level, um, if I say, um, I, I know, just let me think of something here. You know, if if um, uh, averaging. Let's just use the idea of averaging. Averaging is very popular in, in employee surveys, right? So right. I might say, um, I ask people, I don't know, um, uh, are we, you know, is there bullying at work, right? And, and I might get 90% um, of people say there is no bullying at work and 10% of people say there's terrible bullying at work. Um, now, if you average that, you kind of, kind of get something which says, oh, there's basically no bullying here. Right, <laughs> that's what it's going to right. tell you. Right, it's going to give you an average of, of you know, I, I, let's just say it's going to say, well, it's going to tell you that on average there's not bullying. Whereas actually the reality of it is, is you've got you've got a handful of people who think that there's terrible bullying. And of course, if you actually look at the nature of bullying, and you, know, you look at how that works in organisations, it's always like that, right? 
it's not like, uh, it's generally not. I mean, there is exceptions, but it's generally not. Oh, we all feel a tiny little bit bullied. It's actually like some people will be properly excluded and that will be a form of bullying and that will, that will sit there and those people will, will, will ferment on that and that will be really problematic and it will be caused by you know, maybe a small group of managers and then the rest of things are fine. Now, that does not mean that you've not got a problem. It means that the problem just happens to be small and, if, and, and acute. And whereas you know, if you take the normal kind of averaging approach, then, then you'll just you'll lose that and there and go, I don't actually have a problem. And so, so we're, very, we're very big on actually trying to pick up those extremes. You know, so pick up bits. You know, so so you know, we mentioned that stuff filters up and travels in that way. But one of the beauties of, of using, using machine learning is actually to look for stuff which is interesting. And stuff which is interesting typically is stuff which is an outlier. You know, not typically. That's one of the things that's interesting, right? So one of the insights that the machines are very good at picking up is, is groups of outliers or, you know, or even single outliers. Um, and so... You know, actually, what you, you know, the typical view of aggregation is one of oh, I'm, I'm averaging everything, which means I'm going to lose lose the actionability. But one of the, one of the duties of machine intelligence is actually very good at, at finding things which are are outliers and aberrations and things which are different to the norm, um, and then highlighting those. So that's just another form of insight that you, that you go hunting for effectively. So you must have to work aggressively with. Visualization, because the, the 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 temptation is to exactly use averaging to make data visual, um, and um, showing outliers in a visual way makes for complicated pictures. Um, yeah. How do how do you solve the interface problem in something like this? Yeah. Look, look. Solving the interface problem is is the problem, right? So, so it's a, yeah. If you talk to if you talk to the marketers you know, of of um, in HR tech, they'll often give you the story of uh, you know here's our AI or machine learning driven algorithms, and they'll talk about how great those are and so on. But actually, the bit which is which is interesting to to users is the the user experience that's built on top of that AI, and the AI itself. Should be largely invisible. That's that's the that's the goal of, of using AI properly, right? Is to build a user experience that 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 uses intelligence, but I don't think about the intelligence being there. And so, actually, if you look at the if you look at the the hard bits of building this stuff, it's actually all in the UX and the UI rather than the machine learning. And in fact, a lot of the machine learning. I mean, I'll, I'll be candid with you. A lot of the machine learning has been kind of abstracted away. Right? And we we utilize microservices from you know from Google Cloud that that actually do a lot of the yeah, you know, the heavy lifting, the the AI heavy lifting for us. I mean, the bits which we're really focused on is, in fact, trying to build that UI and trying to show show you know, show insights in a way that are easy to understand, and not just easy to understand for you know for a manager um, who's trained in the yeah. You know, so so not just easy to understand for an HR director, but easy to understand for for someone who's a new manager or. You know anyone who's just coming to the system straight away, and so so we've done a lot of work on trying to trying to get that right, and we're still still progressing, man, and still working on it. But one of the, one of the things I like the most is that we you know we provide kind of anecdotal examples, um, and um, and anecdotal examples that you can kind of drill into. So it will it will you know, if you look at the live feed, you'll see something that is I know an exemplar of a particular problem. So we were talking about bullying before, so there might be an exemplar of bullying. Um, you know, it's an anecdotal piece, and then I can kind of from that 
go and look for related, you know, related comments and related feedback that's similar to that. And then I can see from that, um, you know, through our filtering, and, and I'll, I'll come back to the filtering in a moment, I can start to see, hey, this is what the group of people the characteristics of the group of people who have this kind of feedback look like. And those characteristics might say, oh, well, all of these people are, I don't know, let's just say all of these people are um, uh, from a particular division um, in a particular function, um, and they all have one of these three managers, or, or something like that, right? But, but you, you'll be able to go, okay, well, from, from this, I can now actually sort of see the pattern um, and understand a little bit more about what's happening in the organisation. And we're very, very careful with that kind of insight, just not to be too prescriptive. Because I think the danger with a lot of this stuff is that, that you know, instead, of, instead of stimulating people's curiosity to understand, or stimulating leaders' curiosity to understand what's really happening in the organisation, which is what the, the goal of feedback should be, you instead kind of replace that, that curiosity with just, okay, here's a set of insights which, we've, which we've, we're, we're telling you, because that's just not enough, right? You actually want to stimulate people to, to look further and understand more. Um, and so we're, you know, we're, we're big on providing insights. We've been providing a, a real ability for people to discover what's going on themselves. And, and I touched on this idea of filtering, and this is one of the things I love the most, right, which is in, in all, of our, all of our data, whether you're looking at our, you know, charts of, of, I don't know, um, employee engagement, you know, a traditional thing like that, or whether you're looking at the, the live feed, you can filter the, 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 the data you're looking at in almost any way. So at the, at the simplest level, I say, okay, well, I want to look at the difference between men and women. You know, I just start typing males, start typing female. You know, I can kind of separate stuff out like that. But then if I, I might go, well, I'm interested in uh, things which affect um, the organisational mood. Um, so I can just start typing that. And then I might say, well, I'm interested in, um, in uh, negative experiences. And I'm interested in negative experiences which relate to leadership. You know, and any of that stuff I start typing will basically form its own filter and, you know, and then start to coalesce those groups and show me those, those cohorts, no matter how, how complex I am, they are, and allow me to compare them to other things. So I can compare them to, to you know, I can compare a, a business unit to a division or I can compare um, you know, different demographics, like maybe people from um, uh, you know, one plant versus people from another plant. Or I might want to compare people based on information which we've collected from feedback. So I might want to compare people who commute to work on foot versus those who commute to work in a car. Um, you know, so, so I can just filter in any kind of way I want. And so I'm a big believer in this idea that you give people insights, but you also allow them to satisfy their own curiosity and make it very easy to just discover stuff about the, 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 the insights and the data that you're collecting. You're listening to HR Examiner's Executive Conversations. Benefit Ed helps your workforce get the most out of your employer match program. Employee Choice, offered exclusively by Benefit Ed, enables employees to decide if they want their employer match contributions to be allocated to student loan repayment, retirement, or both. Increase plan participation and offer an innovative benefit without a drastic increase to overall benefit spend. Compete for the best and build your dream team. Learn more at ubenefited.com slash hrx. That's y-o-u-benefited.com slash hrx. We've talked about this 
a lot like it's a sort of a microscope that management can look down on what's happening by having the the feedback roll up. Um, do you have there, there are two pieces that that would interest me at this point? Do you have a way for an individual employee to look across? So say I'm yeah. a I'm, I'm a, a worker and I want to find my way into the in office thing, and so I want to understand what's going on over there. And um, um, perhaps another channel that's how feedback flows down. Yeah. So look, um, I think that the, 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 there's there's I guess two parts to that, right? So the, the first thing is we're about actionable two-way dialogue, right? So we're not we're not about like providing feedback, which then goes into some report. Um, and yeah, we, we you know, I guess cruelly but but truthfully um, characterise the, the feedback industry to date as being you know, survey-driven PowerPoint production. Yeah, you know, we're we're not that. You know, we're we, we create dialogue which which runs between between people, between managers and employees on on you know, on important topics, which then we we, we also analyse. Um, but the I guess that the you know so if you're an employer sorry an employee a worker you're getting feedback you know, so you're, you're you're providing feedback and you're getting response often to that feedback whether that's um you know whether that's just someone I don't know maybe you ask ask the question I mentioned before are you proud of the work you do here you know you'll often get a skip manager jump into someone and go hey you should be proud of this work this is great work so it's it's feedback that runs runs both ways and so so part of that means that it's not just a you know, it's we're we're all trained on on instantaneous gratification these days, right? So Joyce is very much about gratification, it's a two way dialogue that that's you know, kind of easy to get. Um, but the other piece of it too, though, is that we we provide lots and lots of ways for that feedback to move around, and this really depends on what kind of organisation and culture you have. So in some organisations, um, you know, we we'll, we allow feedback to move sideways, and some organisations feedback just moves up the chain. Um, you know, there's 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 different ways it can work depending on the kind of culture of your organisation. But the ones I really like are the, are the ones where you actually have a very, very open, transparent feedback environment, right? And so you can kind of, as an employee, you can largely direct where your feedback goes, um, but most of the time it kind of goes to, to, to anyone that's interested in it. Um, and by interested in it, well, you know, obviously when there's lots and lots of feedback, you have to start curating that in kind of different ways and, and to an extent deciding what's interesting for people. But but generally speaking, making it pretty open and pretty easy for people to see stuff, and that gives that gives employees the sort of sense of like, oh, I'm I'm contributing to to the organisation and trying to make it a better place for everyone and so on, rather than just sort of being an us and them environment. But but the the last point I'll make on that too, and this is the thing that I guess has fascinated me probably the most out of out of you know, all the things we've learned in the in the last 12 months of really hitting some large employers with us, is that, interestingly enough, you have this view that feedback is really based on, on constructive criticism, that yeah, what, what's going to happen with feedback is people are going to you know, provide, uh, I guess, critique of things which they... Um, which they, they see in the environment and, and, you know, and, and people will respond to that. The, the majority, and it's not the vast majority, but certainly the majority of feedback in organisations is actually positive, optimistic feedback. Now, this is quite an interesting thing to me. It's, it's actually feedback which, which um, I guess, uh, just you know, reconfirms the things that the organisation are doing well, and it, um, you know, and it, it embeds those kind of you know, good behaviours and so on. So we're always amazed that, that so much feedback is positive. And the, the topic of feedback, too, 
it's not as narrow as, you know, sometimes people think of, of feedback as just being about employee engagement, whereas actually a lot of it's about just the elements of employee experience. And, and those, those bits of positive feedback might be things like, hey, I, I've worked with, with Karen on this project and she was really, really great and useful. That is still feedback, right? So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a broad church feedback and a lot of it is very, very optimistic. So when I think about feedback, I, I often think about the early days of electric guitars when the, the feedback would get so acute that it would hurt your ears. And I, and I wonder if there isn't a sort of a similar phenomena in feedback in organizations. Is there too much feedback? Is it possible to have so much noise in the system that it just makes you want to leave? You know what? I, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, I, I, we, we, yeah, these these are challenges we struggled with when we were, when we were you know, starting to build build Joyous, and yeah, we continually work on those things. Um, but it's quite it's quite interesting to me that one thing which I found is that yeah, and I found this personally, and I found this talking to CEOs of some of our largest clients, is that feedback is actually addictive. You know, it's a it's a it's a weird addiction feedback. Um, but you know, as soon as you start getting it. You, you sit there going, like, how did I live without it, right? How did, how did I exist without feedback? So at the, at the simplest level, you, know, you, you, you do things in an organization all the time you know, which impact the experience of employees. That's, that's just the nature of leadership. Right? Everything you do effectively will impact the um, experience of employees in some way, right? So I know you might make a product decision that makes your product um, you know, that much, a little bit cheaper to manufacture, but it's going to make it so that um, you know, em- em- employees will get more negative feedback from customers. I don't know, that's a decision that might be made. Um, and that, that feedback, you know, it's, as soon as you have that kind of closed loop on feedback, you, you, you suddenly like, it impacts the way you think about almost every decision because suddenly you're getting like this, this raft of feedback. Is, is there such a thing as too much feedback? There's certainly such a thing as too much noise. Um, you know, and, and I think that that's one thing that, that, that people often get confused about and one of the things which we're trying to do and work hard on is that we're trying to, we're trying to gather feedback that is kind of curated and useful um, and versus like, I don't know, the early days of things like YAM or even you'll find this in, in you know, some Slack channels. Yeah, there's just so much going on that's no longer useful, and we're quite different to that, right? So if I go right back to the supermarket supermarket example, I'm sitting there as a CEO, and I'm going, okay, well, I've got um, numbers here that show me that we've got uh, significant theft happening from self checkout. Um, now I can go off and, and do all sorts of things to try and try and solve that, but a really great place to start if you've got Joyous is to go, okay, I'm going to ask um, all of the staff that work in self-checkout, what the top one thing they can think of to reduce theft in, in um, self-checkout would be. And I can you know, write that question, hit the return button, send it out to, to all of those people who are based on that kind of filter I just described, and then it will take, the, you know, it'll take responses from those people. It will you know, 
it'll it'll work out what the big themes are. It'll you know, you know collect all that, and that might be you know three thousand employees, and that stuff will just come back to me over the next you know few hours or so, or maybe a few days, depending on um, you know some of it will arrive immediately, and some of it some of it will arrive a little bit later. But I can actually see the answer to my question in this way that just didn't exist before. So I think the idea that people have sometimes of feedback is like oh, it's like a, a a sort of employee suggestion box that's gone crazy, and that's that is that is noise and that's too much feedback and that's a problem. But if you actually are going, oh, I want specific feedback on specific things, then it's incredible the power of that. And like I say, it's just, it's addictive. Yeah, once you have that power in your hands, sort of, of the example I just described in a supermarket, you never want to let that power go, John. You just don't. So, so we're, we're, we're through our time. I got to tell you that when you make the t-shirts that um, say feedback is addictive, um, which you should. Um, I, I need a long one. I need a long one. I don't. I don't. I don't fit into the regular size T-shirts. Um, so, so thanks for feedback. Is addictive is what I'm taking away from this, um, and and it's a positive, powerful insight. Anything you want to wrap up with? Look, I, I just think you. Should, you know, my only advice to to HR buyers and system buyers out there and so on is that they should just be very, very suspicious of people who are, who are selling machine learning AI rather than, rather than something that is, is, is specifically useful or, or answering a specific problem. And I've got to say that's the biggest thing we've learned in the last few years of, of putting you know, significant R&D into, uh, into, um, into Joyous. What, what, what we've really, really found that makes us happy and, and you know, it, it makes our customers happy is this bit where you actually provide some actionable actionable, useful stuff to, to, to leaders in the organization, whether they're the CEO or the HR director or, or a first-time line manager. You actually, uh, the satisfaction we get is from, from those users actually finding something useful. Um, but the bit which we find most satisfying and the bit which I think most people should focus on is actually the worker. You know, can, you make, can you make work better? Can you make work good for, for, for people in your organization? And one of the best ways to start is just to give them a voice. Fantastic. Take a quick second and reintroduce yourself. Tell people how to get a hold of you. Sure. So, so I'm Mike Carden. The company is Joyous. Um, the, the website is joyoushq.com. So again, joyous, J-O-Y-O-U-S-H-Q.com. And um, you can also find us on Twitter at hashtag, oh, sorry, at, at joyoushq. Uh, and that's me. All right. Thanks, Michael. We've been talking with Michael Carton, who is the CEO and founder of Joyous. You can find them at joyoushq.com. Great conversation, Michael. Thanks for stopping by. And let's do this again soon. Fabulous. Always a pleasure, John. Thanks. And thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you back here same time next week. Bye-bye now. 